0: if you're an occupational therapist looking to develop your skills in hand therapy this podcast is for you your host huang tron occupational therapist and certified hand therapist turned serial entrepreneur with her own therapy clinic in miami huang is an author and successful coach helping occupational therapists get jobs develop their skills and become certified hand therapists so they can become experts in their area Quang works with occupational therapists from across the United States and around the world. She talks about everything from hand therapy skills, career development, leadership skills, money mindset, and business. You too can become an expert certified hand therapist, business owner, and have more choices in your career. Subscribe now. We're going to talk about um, what I want to share with you guys are... The only three strategies that you really need to feel successful and get prepared for the exam, for the CHT exam. And um, what we're gonna do is we're going to create, we're gonna be creating a three-month roadmap of what it's gonna look like from now until then. I don't know if you guys are studying, but I used to study and I used to sit there and, and read for two hours and then look back and be like, oh my God, what did I read? I don't even know what I read. Dear Lord. Um, and then you just feel like this cycle of like wasted time or you're reading stuff and you just, you have these questions and you don't have anyone to really ask. I mean, there's a couple of groups here and there, or there's one person here and there, but really sometimes it's like hard to really get the time from them, right? Like you can ask them, you know, but then feel kind of bad about asking and taking so much of their time or you can ask but they're you know they're maybe not able to explain it to you in a way that you understand. Uh, Somebody told me what was it like she was studying for the exam and she had a mentor that she had calls with once a week and she would more or less share what she did as a clinician and you know at the end of the day when you're studying for the exam and you want to get the best and you choose the best answer on the test, it doesn't matter what treatment technique you use. It's really about the book, like how you critically think through a certain type of problem, how you solve that problem, how you make a decision about what needs to happen next. What are your recommendations? What are you going to do? That kind of stuff. So when you study for the CHT, it really does help you um, to sound more confident, right? So I've got several people in the program who started out didn't have a job in, in the setting they wanted. And they're like piecing the, the jobs together uh, and trying to get as many hand hours, upper trimming hours as possible. And they've got the hours, they've got the years, but they just weren't getting the positions that they needed. But coming into this program and studying like the way you're, you're, you're meant to study, which is not just by memorizing, but by really truly understanding and problem solving, it made him more confident Um, we also fixed his resume up a little bit. So, and then he was more confident with the studying. And before he even took the exam, he would go in there and say like, I know X, Y, and Z, I'm sitting for the exam. And, um, sure enough, he got the job. He got the job where he needed to get the job. And then he continued to study and then he passed, boom, done. And it didn't matter that he had spent, you know, he had, Uh, taken it before and wasn't successful, but he took it this time and he was. So I think that everyone here on this call, anyone who's listening, anyone who is going to listen back to this, I think it's totally possible for you to uh, prepare and feel successful in your preparation, sit for the exam and be successful, right? So we're going to go into some of those strategies. So everyone who is on this call who is already in the program know how I work but if you don't know how I work please grab a paper and pencil I'm a big I write everything on the board and I want you guys to write and create this uh, roadmap with me okay because it's you know the program really isn't just about oh you enroll into the program and uh, miraculously you pass. You've got to put in a certain amount of effort and I hope that some of you guys who've been studying and you've been dabbling a little bit, now we're gonna get really serious, all right? So we're gonna dive into, uh, we're gonna dive into the three strategies that you need in order to prepare to feel successful to sit for the exam in May, right? And then after that, we're going to create a uh, three-month roadmap. All right, three-month roadmap. I'm gonna show you exactly how I break down the next three months. Perfect, you guys ready? Tonight, I did pour a little bit of wine in here. I hope, cheers. All right, so we're talking about the only three strategies that you guys need to know. I encourage a lot of writing because it's really important to remember and kind of list out anything you write, it's going to help you remember, right? So here, here, are the frameworks, right? This is the framework. So when it comes to preparing and sitting for the exam, I break up the exam into two frameworks. One is a mindset, right? And the other one is knowledge. Okay, so when it comes to mindset, mindset, if you kind of think about it, it's kind of like the mental aspect. It's the emotional side of things, right? This is the part where you might feel overwhelmed, which then can lead into anxiety. And test anxiety is a real thing that we have to really address and deal with right anxiety fear uh, what else failures past failures sometimes even past successes can lead us and get us stuck from a mindset perspective because we've been successful our whole lives and everyone tells you the story the scary story of the CHT being such a terrible test and there's a 50% pass rate but but 50% people fail I mean and 50% people pass so how do you make it successful for you right um but all of this leads to also confidence right so there's a lot that we can do in terms of this but we're not going to focus on this but I really wanted to bring it up tonight because I think in terms of frameworks and getting yourself ready to take this HT that this is a really important component. But this is a component where um, with my current students, we address privately. We get on the private calls, the private coaching calls and stuff like that. And right now um, in the program, when you enroll now, um, you get three private coaching calls, right? Tonight we're going to focus on the only three strategies you need to focus on when it comes to knowledge. And this is where everyone focuses on, right? This is where our focus is because this is like more tangible. We need to know the arm. We need to know the hand, the wrist, the elbow, the shoulder, the nerves. And this is all like that book knowledge stuff and so a lot of times you can tend to get overwhelmed with the amount of information, you know, and now I always say this and it's true, but when you study to understand something, not only will help you to feel more confident when you go take the exam, right, because you never know the kind of questions that they're going to give. But it's going to help you become a better clinician because you're going to be able to critically think um, no matter what the case. So if you get a script, if you don't get a script, if you get a script and you don't understand, you get the script late, it doesn't really matter, right? I have a clinic and we're a private out-of-network type of clinic. So we tend to get patients that come in without a prescription. Right. And sometimes, you know, we get patients like workers comp patients or something and they come in. Nobody has a script and you've got to dissect everything because of the, the incisions that they have <laughs> based on where the incisions, you can almost spot like what type of injury they had based on the story. You can spot, you know, what was the, the cascade of events that may have happened. Right. And so. That allows you, you know, studying for this allows you to become that critical thinker or problem solver and decision maker so you can feel confident going to, like if you work with a doctor really closely, like I work with several surgeons uh, closely, I'm sure some of you guys who work in a uh, doctor's office, you know, have the opportunity to talk to them and those surgeons, I promise you, uh, rely on their CHTs, rely on their hand therapist to tell them what's up. know to tell them hey uh i know that this is uh i have a guy uh ulnar nerve guy that i guys you know if you guys are in the program i showed you guys and so he went to the doctor's office and we've been talking to the patient himself about possible surgery but he's been like no i don't want surgery well he finally went to the doctor and the doctor was like i think it's ready for surgery so now i'm going to email the doctor and i'm going to tell him like listen i would love to know what surgery you're you're contemplating because I've seen this before and I know if they only do a capsulectomy at the PIP and they don't do one at the MP, we're not going to get the results that we need to get for him. So I'm going to put my two cents in there uh, in terms of what I would love to see, like if I had a say, I mean there's a way of saying it so they really buy into, you know, why you're saying what you're saying, but I've seen this before, I've worked with this before and I know based on this and this, um, if we, you know, are you, and are you considering, that's how I do it, are you considering by any, you know, are you considering not only a PIP capsulectomy, uh, but also an MP capsulectomy because man, those MPs have no give, <laughs> you know, and then you kind of, and, and then, you know, I just want to clarify so that I could better explain to the patient and we can talk about the therapy process after, because you know i know this is an aggressive recommendation but usually when people like especially like him smokers stiff came in late i need scripts authorizations blah 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 before he even gets into surgery so we are all set and there is no delay in his start right if i want to get the best possible results out of your second surgery surgeon doctor so-and-so who is so wonderful and great you know i've got to get this guy started in a certain way in a certain manner so that you know not only does he do well but you look good too right <laughs> um so that's really important and then i also can say well you know this guy really needs like what i've seen work is um after a capsulectomy or after a lysis therapy daily therapy daily works you know uh for a month so that's just my take That's not necessary in the test. But the test doesn't say that necessarily. The test is, you know, the questions are going to be like, if this guy had an ulnar nerve laceration, was that an ulnar nerve, It was a low nerve laceration or a high nerve laceration, and which nerves would be affected, blah, blah, blah. And if that was the nerve affected, what kind of deformity are you can see and what kind of splint would you make for that patient, right? So that's where the problem solving skills, and that's where everyone's gonna focus their time in terms of um, studying. So, um, how? what are the three top strategies? Well, one of them, you've got to schedule out your time. You've got to study out your, your study time. I tell you, whatever is not written will not get done. I mean, we're going to do the three months out and then you're going to go on your own. You're going to break that down in two weeks, right? What does your week look like? Start on a Monday or start on a Sunday, wherever your week wants to start. Start, map it out and what it should look like because you want to be realistic. Remember when I talked about mindset? You want to be realistic because if you're not realistic with yourself, you're going to set these really um, unrealistic goals and then you're not gonna meet them. And then when you're not gonna meet them, you're gonna shit on yourself. You're gonna be like, oh, you suck, you're not studying, you can't get anything done, you're never gonna be ready, <laughs> like, um, and that's not a good place to be. Um, when you're studying, you've got to do things that make you feel good because when you feel good, you will do good, you will do more of the good stuff. So when I say schedule out your time, be really realistic be really honest with yourself so one of my examples i always say is like okay so on sunday uh i like to do brunch maybe right but a bruise brunch i'm not realistically going to study after that if it's unlimited mimosas i'm not sure i'm going to retain any information right <laughs> so the best thing to do is if i know that on sunday I've got plans with friends and I don't want to, like, over-sacrifice, right, uh, my time. And it's really, it's a really important brunch, right? So if I set it at a certain time, then if I know I am useless after that, I need to make sure I study before. And then because I study before, I can reward myself with going to brunch. And that's going to be my reward, right? So every day you're going to do something where you set yourself up. Do you study well in the morning, right? So are you a a. AM person? Do you need to set yourself up to study before work? Are you an afternoon person, right? So are you coming home from work and that kind of stuff and studying, you know? Um, Are you a lunchtime person? who can study for 30 minutes or an hour during lunch or between patients. Not everyone has the capacity to do that, but some people do, and if you have time and you you have to know yourself, first of all, nobody's gonna know how you study more than you. I don't know how you study. I mean, we can get on a coaching call we can talk about it and stuff like that, but really at the end of the day, you know how you study. So I've got some people in this program who um, know that they need a long time So they're in it now already and they're gonna take it in November just because they know they're gonna need it for that long. Right? I was kind of one of those people when I studied, it took me kind of like, I would say a year, but really honestly, was it really a year? Because I just dabbled for the first couple of months. Like I would study in bed. So I'd start reading the rehab of the hand. Next thing you know, I'm like. you know, pass out, Did I should I really count those months where I was just dabbling? <laughs> um, well, I don't know, but when I got really focused, um, I really honed in for a good six months, but I knew the kind of person that I am when it comes to studying. I needed to read things, I needed to write things, um, I needed to review it again. Right? I'm a kinesthetic learner, so a lot of the videos or the way I teach, I draw on myself, I draw on other people, I get you to touch yourself uh, as a different way of remembering. Some people know that they're an auditory learner or a visual learner. So in the program, we draw on, on people, we draw on boards, uh, we write things out, but you'll know uh, what kind of learner you are and you're going to schedule yourself out a specific way. Another strategy that can make it very effective for you in terms of studying is time blocking. So this is a strategy that I teach my own staff, not just the members in the programs, but my own staff. If you're gonna work on something, you know, chunk out your time. Just like I chunk out my information, I chunk out my time. So when you plan your study time, You will also plan what you are going to be studying, right? So let's say, for example, in that morning, you really only have 30 minutes or let's say you have 45 minutes, right? Um, You want to time block it and say, okay, this is I'm going to study here. And then in the afternoon, you're going to say, well, I have more time here. My I'm going to do two hours, right? Um, and every day you should be trying to do that. If you're trying to, to, to do stuff in between other things, like, oh, let me do, let me study, but then I'm gonna do this other thing over here. I'm gonna do, you're never gonna get anywhere. You've really got to chunk your time up. I mean, um, a lot of times I would say a two hour maximum, and then you are gonna need to give yourself a certain break and then you can chunk up some more. So for example, a lot of people work, right? So um, they're gonna use their weekends to, to get the majority of their work done, or they work uh, four days long and they get three days. So for example, like Michelle gets uh, Fridays off. So really her Friday should be broken up into, well, let's pretend I gotta take my kids in. So from nine to nine, 10, nine, 10, 11 is a two hour block, right? Two hour block. And then she could do a 30 minute break. Now I'm not saying that inside the two hour, there are no breaks, there are breaks. I'm gonna talk about that in a minute. And then we're gonna do another two hour, right? And then that's how she can break up her day. So it's two hours break, two hours, and then maybe she take an hour or two break and then come back to it so that she can maximize out her day. Right, Be realistic with your time, right? Be realistic with your time um, so that she can get the maximum that she can. Because if you're working long days, like for example, my Tuesdays and Thursdays, if I was studying for the CHD right now, it'd be shot, right? Because I work from very early until very late, Tuesdays and Thursdays, most days but then my Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays are a little easier, so you, um, you have the opportunity to change it based on, but time blocking is really huge, right? And so much about preparing the strategies to really prepare, it's really about being effective and efficient with your time. We don't have time to waste. If you are studying for the May exam, you don't have time to waste. If you are studying for the November exam, You don't have time to waste either because that shit is going to come real fast. (laughs) So you don't want to waste it. You're not in a rush, but you want to be effective with your time, right? So that you won't feel the stress. You won't feel the overwhelm of like reading something and not being able to really remember it. Right. Or spending hours and hours on something, but you don't even know anything at the end of the day. Right. I don't want you to feel that way. Like it sucks to feel that way. So the last strategy, right, is actually it's how to use your time effectively, effective use of your time. So in the last strategy, there's actually two components to it. Right. The two components to it, the two strategies, is a time method. It's a time strategy, and the second part of it is a topic strategy. All right. So to be really effective with the time that you're studying, um, one of the things that I talk about here is when you're stu- when you're sitting down to read. Right? When you're sitting down to read, start your timer. Start a stopwatch. Start a stopwatch. And then as soon as your brain starts to wander off into space, like you're reading something on like how tendons heal and the hyaluronic acid and this and and the sheath of that and like all this crazy stuff and you're like, what? And your mind starts thinking about dinner. What are you gonna make tonight? Okay, stop your stopwatch and look at how long of a time lapse that was that's how long your attention span is right (laughs) that's how long your attention span is we actually have very short attention spans like our brains just like um so it takes a lot of work actually it takes a lot of work to like hone that in it is uh just practice right so um what you want to do is you want to start a timer start and then stop right and then the thing is how much time time elapsed all right how much time elapsed so let's say it was 15 minutes so you know like you can kind of almost grade yourself do that a couple times and you'll see where your concentration is right You see where your time, your, your attention span lies. So what you're trying to do is you're trying to build that attention span so that you could be more effective. You just be more efficient, right? So if it's 15 minutes, you got to say, okay, uh, my attention span is 15 minutes, right? You know, and then do something where it's just 15 minutes, cut yourself off, get up, uh, do some stretch for like literally not even a minute and come back to it. Start the thing. And over time, you should be able to 15 to 20, 30 to 45. As you become more and more successful in your study, you're gonna see that you have more time, right? Now, another way of being more effective and efficient is topic strategy. So if you take a look and you're reading a book, right? So Rehab of the Hand is my book that I really teach out of. I teach out of Rehab of the Hand because a lot of it is explained. The key thing about studying from Rehab of the Hand is that not everything is important. (laughs) Just because they wrote it down doesn't mean you need to know it. You don't need to know everything. You need to know the most important thing as a certified hand therapist, right? As a certified hand therapist, what is it that you need to know to be the most effective, therapist for your patient outside of being effective for your patients what are the answers you need to pick on the test so that you can pass <laughs> okay so topic strategy if you look at the rehab of the hand at the beginning of the chapter it always tells you like the main points right look at those main points and then flip through the chapter a little bit. Cause let's be honest, some chapters are easy and some chapters are hard. I mean like just to sit there and talk about the extensor tendon mechanism. Like I got through four pages and that chapter is like the book. It's like 10 pages later, but I only like the one video that I did in the program, it's like 50 minutes long. Oh no, it was a TFCC. I don't know you can like, let me know which one, if you guys are in the program, which which uh, video it was. It was like, I, I think I literally said, okay, this is chapter 38 and we're gonna talk about the TFCC. And I went for 52 minutes or something. And I, I only covered like three pages. But <laughs> some topics are really grand and big and some topics are small. So your other way of being really effective is putting a, a start timer in your brain and a stop timer in your brain. So I'm going to read. So if you you flip through that chapter, you, there's subheadings. So I'm going to read from here to this subheading. And then I'm going to just make sure that I understood that topic. I took notes on it. So you're going to read that, take your whatever your notes, know, flash, or whatever it is that you think is important. And then after, and then when you stop yourself there, you look at your notes again you read your notes whether you read it quietly to yourself or read it um out loud because you're an auditory person do it right take take uh, an inventory of where you're at before you go on so that you're not just sitting there and flipping and flipping and at the end of the chapter you're like i really don't understand what i did so break up your topic into smaller topics right and that's how you can be more effective with your studying. So if you can be more effective with your studying and then you time block the time and you actually scheduled it out, right? These are really honestly the three only strategies that you need to implement, right? Implement in order to feel prepared, you know, feel successful in preparing to sit for that exam. Become the critical thinker, problem solver, and decision maker so that you can help any patient that comes your way and skyrocket your career in hand therapy.